It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mainly Modifieds. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. Kyle Souza going to be joining me in just a little while, and you're actually going to hear him sooner than that because we have uh, a really cool interview that Kyle was able to get with um, up-and-coming racer Craig Lutz, one of the drivers that I think a lot of people are talking about as being a potential championship contender on the NASCAR wheel and modified tour once we get everything back in gear and get back to racing again um so without any further ado whatsoever except to say that uh we hope that all of you are safe and sound and doing everything that you can do to hopefully help the big picture of this virus being gone uh but also um for your families as well, of course, uh, and for yourselves. We hope that uh, everybody is following directions and doing the right thing, and hopefully we'll be back to racing sooner rather than later. Um, so without further ado, we are going to go straight to this interview with Craig Lutz that Kyle got, and then Kyle will join me on the other side to have some further discussion. So here now, his interview with Craig Lutz. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. We're talking with Craig Lutz, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour competitor, who has also uh, sprinkled in some open shows over the last year or so, competing down at the World Series of Asphalt uh, at New Smyrna Speedway earlier this year. Craig, thanks for being on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the current state we're in. We've talked a lot about it on this show uh, the last couple of episodes. Obviously, there's no racing going on at most of the country. Obviously, we're not racing in New England right now. Uh, but what's kind of the mindset from your perspective on how this has all played out and, and where we might be going, where you have race cars? that you can't be in at speed at this point yeah i mean it's a big disappointment um you know you you work all winter you know trying to get stuff ready for the first race and you a week before that it got canceled but um you know ultimately you know it's the best decision for everyone to, to stay positive and you know try to everyone keep healthy and then move forward up with the recent season as soon as everything gets cleared up so obviously uh cleared up could be at any point right we're not really sure but right now uh looks like we're going to open the season at martinsville under the whites on that friday night in may as part of the uh, cup weekend i mean that that's exciting right that's a racetrack that i don't think you've run on before and a racetrack that obviously we've got a lot of storied history at so what do you kind of look forward to hopefully we can run that race on time but this is going to be uh kind of a marquee race for you in your career to go to martinsville and be under the whites and a modified yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a dream come true. Like you said, like as a driver, I've never been there. And that's always somewhere like you look forward to, you know, short track racing when, the you know, all the NASCAR guys come there. You know, it doesn't come down to like, you know, their aero package and everything. It's, you know, it comes more or less into the driver's hands. So um, I think it's going to be a, a definitely a, a big learning curve for me. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, after we get some laps underneath our belt, we'll be a good to go so before we talk about the rest of the schedule let's back up uh in time and go back to february where you went down to the uh, world series of asphalt i was down there a lot of cars were down there uh basically the only racing we've seen so far in 2020 um and that's kind of disappointing right but let's talk about how your week went i mean you picked up a win there Uh, i think it was on night two you had a solid week you had some strong runs but how important is that to go down there and get everybody together i know it's not exactly the car you're going to run on the tour but something pretty dang close and a crew that's very similar, if not the same, and it must have been good to just get back to the track and start gelling again. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Anytime you can get in a car and, you know, get laps underneath your, underneath your belt before the actual, you know, important season starts up here is, is crucial. So um, we're fortunate enough to go down there and run the full week. Um, had, you know, had a, a really solid week, won a, won a race and then finished second in points. So um, as our second year down there, I think that was a, a huge accomplishment. And uh, hopefully if everything goes good, you know, we could do that again next year. 
So you uh, you won the race the second night or third night, whatever it was, um, and I, I actually texted you a couple hours after the race. I noticed in Victory Lane that your crew chief, Doug, um, and I'll let you say his last name because I, I can't pronounce it, um, but so he's not there that we – he stayed home to actually work on the race cars up here in New England, uh, and obviously now in hindsight, maybe he could have went, um, but how important was that for you at that time to kind of get him prepared and let him just stay at home and start working on these race cars that you needed prepared for the tour? season yeah i mean doug's very dedicated to you know the the 46 stuff and uh our tour seasons so that's the main focus and then uh luckily enough me and my dad were able to work together and of course robbie fuller and the rest of my guys but um you know it's 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 important to you know to go down there is almost like a full season before the actual full season so uh just you know with building we ended up building two new cars over the off season so just to try to take the workload off a little bit you know he stayed focused in the shop and uh you know i think that was you know it's obviously it's tough for him for, to see all of us go down there without him and of course we missed him but um you know ultimately that was the smartest decision for our team so he misses the sunshine you get to enjoy it you win which sucked for him to not be there um so now let's talk about this tour season we, we've got with the rescheduled dates looks like we're gonna go to martinsville thompson's icebreaker jennerstown stafford sizzler and Seekonk six weeks in a row um, to start the 2020 season the way it looks right now. Obviously, that's a little bit tentative, but I mean that that's going to be. Is it concerning? Is it comforting? I mean, where where, do, where are you at as a driver, knowing that you guys may have to run six straight weeks to start the year? I mean, it's, it's definitely going to have our hands full, you know, with everyone running. You know, especially the, the distance between each race. But, um, you know, we got to do what we got to do. And hopefully the season gets started in May with uh, Martinsville and doesn't get pushed push back further. But, um, you know, we're racers. So either way, we'll, we'll be at the track. So the track, obviously, uh, somewhere that you, you've uh... – been definitely have for your whole racing career and your whole life, really. Um, some of these tracks, though, have been really successful for you. I know last year uh, was was a big winning point for you, able to win that first race at the fall final at Stafford. Um, and we've talked about this before. I, I think you might consider that one of your best tracks. Is that fair to say that Stafford, obviously the place you got your first win, but a track that you guys have been able to run really well at just about every time you've been there, dating back all the way to when you joined with Russell Goodale's team, winning the pole on the first night together? Yeah, with, without a doubt, you know, Stafford just seems one of those places that, you know, everything usually works out to in our favor. I mean, um, we've, I felt we had some slip through our hands, you know, I should have won races before that, but, you know, your first win is, you know, it, like they say, it takes losing win, losing one to win one. So, um, you know, that's definitely a huge accomplishment for myself and my team to be able to win a, a, a tour race. And, uh, you know, just it just takes time. This is my this that was my fourth year in the tour, and you know, see guys like you know Justin Monsignor, Doug Kobe, you know, Timmy Salamino, when you know sixteen was unbeatable. You know, it just all takes time. So um, I feel like we've made a lot of positive gains, and you know, we we are becoming a top five car to beat every week. So you know, that's that's definitely exciting to see everything starting to come together. So you guys have been strong for a while now, um, and, and a lot of these tracks you've been to before with the team, with the cars, obviously a couple new cars. I'm sure you guys will catch on quick um, with those pieces of equipment. We've got a couple tracks, uh, Martinsville being one of them we just talked about, but Jennerstown and Iowa as well. I mean, a, a little, I don't want to say scared, but a little uh, not that optimistic going into these tracks. I mean, are, are you a little bit queasy about it, trying to figure out how you're going to get laps around? Have you considered maybe hopping on iRacing, getting some laps around Iowa? I mean, what's your mindset? to go into some of these tracks that uh, you haven't been to before, haven't competed in a car at, and maybe, I think in both cases with Jennerstown and Iowa, probably haven't even seen them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I haven't seen them besides Martinsville. You know, I'm definitely going to try to get, get on iRacing before we get there. But, you know, it's kind of just like, Luckily enough, my whole career, I've always been to, to different tracks I haven't seen and was able to, you know, to be successful. So, you know, I'm not... I'm not, uh, how would you say it? I'm not intimidated by it. You know, um, we got an hour of practice, so that's a, that's a long practice to, to be able to 
to find your line and you know get laps underneath your belt and you know be able to be competitive during the race so um you know it's it's awesome to know that you know i have an awesome team and competitive equipment going in the racetrack so that's that's the biggest part of the battle so for you uh obviously these races are going to be stacked together at the beginning they're going to be stacked together in the middle really the whole year um in the end but wh- what do you kind of need feel like you need to do to be in position to win the championship i mean for those who haven't seen uh, the last couple of years, obviously 2018, you really broke onto the scene. Nine top tens, finished fifth in the points. Last year, you get a win. You convert those nine top tens into nine top fives and still finish in the top 10, 12 times, win a pole, finish fourth in the points. Your average finish is about eighth, which is pretty dang good. And you lead almost 200 laps. Uh, but what do you need to do, do you think, to take that just one rung up the ladder even further and put yourself in championship form to be able to be consistent and uh, run up front to be able to contend for the championship? I think that's a huge part of your, your season is dictated by the first three races. So if you can get off if you get the get the season kicked off on a strong on a strong note, you know that's that's definitely a huge part of being able to contend for the championship. But then for something for for us, we've been we always struggle with time trials. So if we could if we're able to time trial in the top five, like you know the, the rest of the guys that usually finish in the top three, I mean I think that would make it a lot easier. I mean uh, I feel like. As a package during the race, we're always very good, but it's just getting that starting spot that you need since everyone's so close, you know. So um, that's something we're definitely going to work on, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, change that up this year. So that that's obviously very important. Um, and, and you know, if you look back at last year's qualifying, you guys qualified pretty well at some of the tracks. Other ones, you, you might have struggled a little bit. Um, do you feel like you're at championship level? I mean, you ask people around the garage, you look at the experts uh, that talk about the national car wheel modified tour they'd say yes your cars are there your team's there you've shown that you can run up front but do you feel that you guys are on that level right now that that this could be a championship year for you i mean i feel like yeah i do i mean uh i've got probably the best car runner out there you know russell good outputs everything he has into making this the team successful and then i have a, a also a very dedicated crew which is ultimately what it takes you know there's so many pieces of puzzle to make it work every week and then uh having awesome support from all the manufacturers you know uh from robert yates racing to you know robbie fuller at lfr was a huge part of us getting going again so um you know i think getting everything together like we've been doing over the last two years is definitely why the success is coming so hopefully you know we can keep building that and be able to uh contend for the championship at the end of the year is there anything specific um about any of these tracks that kind of that kind of makes you go into it knowing it's a wild card i mean the tracks you haven't been to before too but loudon seems to me a track where you've had up and down success right you might not have had the best success you wanted to at different times um and now you've got a couple years under your belt there at new hampshire uh been able to finish at least in the bottom of the top 10 and kind of get used to the drafting get used to what that racing is like uh and something else they're doing this year they're celebrating an anniversary of their seasons this year how big are those two races for you being at New Hampshire, not just to run up front and get the points and get the finish you need, but also to be on that stage with the cup guys on Loudon weekend in July, and then be part of the musket 200 again, uh, in September. Yeah. I mean, anytime you go to Loudon, it's, it's a big deal. You know, it's, uh, it's one of a kind, you know, uh, you don't experience any, anything else like that throughout the whole season. So Anytime you're able to go there, it's definitely a big learning curve and something you're not used to. So that's something I've always, I've been struggling to get used to. So hopefully, uh, you know, again, it, it helps when your cars are fast. It gives you more confidence. So uh, I'm looking forward to going there this year. All right, so the big question now for 2020, you're going to run all the tour races, obviously, uh, competing for the championship with the, the Goody Motorsports team, Russell Goodale, you mentioned. What else is kind of on the horizon for Craig Lutz? You took that family-operated uh, car down in New Smyrna, ran well, picked up a win with that, showing people that that was, you know, no slouch either. Uh, and I know you've run some MRS races, running at Thompson at different times, too. What do you kind of expect outside of the modified tour for 2020? Obviously, the schedule is going to dictate how things go, but are there other things Things that are on your horizon that you'd like to get to yeah definitely i mean uh 
schedule pending now, but we had a, a lot lined up. You know, uh, the four average open shows we were we were we were signed up for and going to be a part of. Then also was you know we're shooting to to make the open wheel Wednesday show at Seekonk, and then you know of course the the MRS races at Thompson when uh when the tour's there, and then uh, just basically depending on how the weekends lay out. You know, um, now everything I'm sure is going to change. So, you know, see how the schedules go from there and then, you know, try to pick the races we'll be able to make. Are the open shows a chance for you? I mean, obviously a chance to work on setup, kind of get used to it. But is it really just a chance for you to have a little bit more fun? And I guess you can call it there's no laid back environment when you're trying to win races. But is that more of a laid back environment for you than it is at a tour race? Oh, without a doubt, you know, it's it's definitely a whole different environment. You go to the tour, there's, you know, that's, you're there to do a job, and, you know, that's what you have, you know, you're going, you're racing against the best, but, which you still do at the Open 80s, but it's definitely a different setback. It almost, you know, it's like SK days, like how it was racing with my dad and stuff, so, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that, and hopefully all the schedules work out that we're able to make all those shows, because, you know, that's something that we're, geared up and ready ready for so hopefully uh, it all works out yeah let us all hope so uh so as, as we do when we wrap each of our interviews here our mainly modifieds want to give you a chance i know you mentioned russell goodale uh your crew chief doug who i still will not try to pronounce his last name i will not botch it if you'd like go ahead you want to try to botch it go ahead it's ojico OG- that's how it's spelled ojico so it's easier it's, it's easier than it looks um yes. and i'm sure he's listening to this it's laughing it's at easier it. to say than spell all right so i guess he's uh listening to this now laughing at me um but you know so you thanked him you thanked your car and russell i mean who else is kind of a part of this and who kind of makes it happen for you to be able to go out there and run at a high level oh it's just everybody on my crew from you know the help the helping shop during the week to all the guys that come to the track that are from Connecticut. So each and every one has their part to make this whole deal work. And then, like I said, you know, uh, Russell Goodell, Red Build Supply, Robert Yates Racing, uh, LFR, and then, um, yeah, just every every person that makes this possible. So, Craig, I just thought of one more thing here as we're sitting here. I had a list of notes that I didn't include this on, um, but one more list kind of thing here. We're moving a single car qualifying um, in 2020, and that's obviously something that's going to be a little bit different than the group. Does that change that time trial mindset at all and kind of put you in a different situation uh, going forward to try to figure out what you need to do in that qualifying session? Is, is it different between group and time trial? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, group was obviously, you know, a little easier because you didn't, you know, it's just whenever you wanted to go, you could, you could go out, but you know, it's just, I think it's better because, you know, you get through it faster and then you're able to, I don't know. It's yes, everyone they'll have a different opinion, but um, I think single car is cool. You know, you don't you, you don't catch lap traffic or have to worry about someone ruining your run. You know, you go out and do your two laps, and if your car is good, you'll be you'll be fast. So um, I actually like it better. All right, fair enough, and that's uh, an answer that we've heard differing things uh, with different drivers. So if you're listening to us, uh, you can catch Craig's races this year, obviously, on NBC Sports Gold with their Track Pass, uh, track pass platform in 2020. I want to thank Craig for coming on. Craig, uh, good luck in 2020. I'm sure we'll be seeing you at the track soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. As uh, we just heard that interview that uh, Kyle got with uh, Craig Lutz and Kyle Souza now with us on the podcast. And uh, first of all, Kyle, welcome back. Good to have you back again. And great to be talking racing and especially modified racing. I could do that all day, as could you. Um, that interview with Craig Lutz was very interesting. I mean, I feel like we're kind of in a situation where um, you look at the big three. You look at Doug Kobe. You look at... Uh, Bonsignor and you look at Silk and you say, gosh, if there is a fourth driver that would be among the very favorites, would Craig Lutz be that fourth guy or could he be? And I got a really kind of confident, positive tone out of that whole interview. I think Craig thinks that this is a year he could run for a championship. Yeah, I agree, Tom. Uh, and, And always a pleasure to catch up with Craig. 
uh, and chat with him about what he's got planned for 2020. Obviously, chasing that wheel and modified tour crown uh, as he enters his seventh year. This is going to be his fifth full-time year of competition. Obviously, uh, still with the Goody Motorsports team, as you heard him talk about the chemistry that they have together. And, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, I think he's kind of in that group uh, and going to be one of the top four guys to chase the championship. You know, we've talked about this before, uh, but you really look at that top four, including Doug Kobe, obviously a brand-new team, not quite sure how that's going to go, but you anticipate that it's going to go well. Justin Bonsignor. Uh, back with his same team after winning half of the races over the last two years. And then Ron Silk, who at the beginning of last year, we didn't really think was going to be a, a potent contender with Kobe and Ponsier for the title. But he proved us wrong, uh, winning three races and being right up there towards the end, going into the last race with the, at least a mathematical shot of the championship. Yeah. What? I mean, he's been right there as well over last year. He finished uh, inside the top five in the points. I know he had a DNF. I know he had a couple finishes outside the top ten. Uh, but really... He's shown that he can be consistent. He's shown he can qualify in the top 10 and finish and race in the top five. Uh, and you and I both know that that's kind of what it takes to be in championship contention. Uh, and he mentioned it, that consistency and starting off the season strong and being able to flow through the whole year and be in contention once the championship uh, weekend comes around. Well, I, You know, I think it's always interesting that you, when you look at a short track series, and I suppose you could probably make the case for almost any racing series, but I think... It seems like in the short track series, the regional series, there always are either three or four, I feel like, drivers that you you just feel stand out above the rest. And, you know, last year was a really interesting year for the tour because I felt like as the season went on, we saw more and more legitimate championship caliber teams, but they all didn't start the season that way. So now we come into this year. And you look at Kobe Bonsignor, and you throw Silk in there, I think, completely legitimately. Um, gosh, if Craig Lutz gets off to a fast start, this could be a really, really intriguing fight for the championship. And, you know, the tour needs variety. Any series really needs that. It's hard when you've got one guy or even two guys that are just dominating like crazy for a long period of time because I think – we as people are hardwired to underdogs and to, you know, to seeing sort of the Hollywood ending to things. And, you know, this is a year I feel like on the tour where from race to race, I think there are three or four guys below these three or four guys that could rise up. And if they can get some momentum going, you know, could be factors in this thing. And I, I just, I love the way the field stacks up. And I think Craig Lutz, is a very big part of that conversation. And if you're in that conversation in the preseason, you're doing all right. Yeah, and I agree. Um, and he talked about going down to New Smyrna and how that preseason, yeah. uh, I guess you, guess you call it a test and tune. That, to me, even puts him more in that preseason discussion. Um, and I say that because the last two years, you know, you look at 2019 and way back to 2018, seems like a long time ago, not really. Um <laughs> Those two years, the cha eventual champion was down at New Smyrna. Uh, yep. Kobe did it in 2019, won a race, uh, went on to win the championship. Bontier did it in 2018, ran up front down at New Smyrna as well, and then went to win the uh, Modified Tour Championship at New Smyrna, uh, excuse me, on the Wheel Modified Tour after running at New Smyrna. So we've seen that the last two years. Out of the top contenders we've just mentioned, Lutz, the only one to go down there this year. Uh, so we'll, it, you know, it kind of remains to be seen if that's going to be beneficial for him. Uh, it sounded to me like it definitely was already beneficial. Uh, and I mentioned uh, in the middle of that interview with him that he left his crew chief home to work yes. on the tour cars. And obviously, you know, we, we talked about it when our last episode. We'll continue to talk about it today with the reschedulements uh, that have happened. But obviously, the season on a little bit of a, a delay to get rolling. Uh, and I almost think Tom that gives every team an opportunity. Uh, to sit back, reevaluate their program one more time for a month or so uh, before the season gets underway and really evaluate whether they need to upgrade in certain situations or in, in Lutz's uh, situation, they can continue to work on those new race cars they built and make sure they're perfect uh, before they hit the track come May. Well, see, I agree with all of that, and I think that this extended downtime that we have now is exactly what you just said. It is an opportunity 
to double and triple check everything, maybe to make to to if you had two cars ready to start the season and a third one that was halfway, now you got time to finish it. You know, load yourself up on parts and whatever you need to do and make sure that you're physically and mentally ready as a driver. And because one thing we know and we can kind of transition into all of the various adjustments and changes that we've got in schedules now. And and again, all of this is very tentative because, you know, this this whole coronavirus situation is very fluid and it changes, it seems, by the day. So when we look at that, I think one thing we can all see coming is that once we throw the green, it's sort of like the horses coming out of the gate. I mean, once you drop it down, it's full speed ahead, and uh, it's going to be that way most likely for a number of weeks straight with very few, if any, off weeks. So I think the teams who are wise are using this downtime to make sure that both the cars and the drivers are prepared because it's going to be um, a whole bunch of racing in a short amount of time if they're going to get all of these scheduled races in somehow. Yeah, uh, and we talked about that uh, in the interview with Lutz, and that actually is a good segue, Tom, uh, to move away from that interview that you've all listened to. Uh, and if you haven't had the chance, you know, if you skipped ahead a little bit, uh, go back and listen to the whole thing. A lot of good talk in there about not only the Modified Tour, but as I mentioned, New Smyrna. Yeah. Um, kind of where Craig feels like he is as a driver uh, going forward, where he thinks he may be able to go and where he thinks he can elevate himself to championship level. And then also at the end, uh, talking about some of the changes in the modified tour with uh, group qualifying eliminated. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, what he's kind of planning on doing outside of the tour, which seems to be stacked up. You mentioned schedules. Uh, and I, you know, for those who are not aware, I do want to start. Uh, NASCAR made a statement um, and this coming last week that all race events through May 3rd um, had been postponed. And right. I'll read that statement in part uh, that says the health and safety of our fans, industry, and the communities in which we race uh, is their most important priority. And in accordance with the new CDC guideline, they're postponing all of their events through May 3rd uh, and hoping to return with the plan to return at Martinsville. So that kind of uh, you know sent a little bit of a shockwave through the racing community for some people, others not so much because we've seen it done with other major uh, sporting groups. However... That does open the door uh, for a lot of questions, and I'm here to answer those questions for you. Question number one I got right away, does this include uh, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour events? Yes. So that means that the uh, tour event, obviously, at South Boston was postponed before this all happened. The tour event at Thompson, their icebreaker weekend, scheduled for April 3, 4, 5, is postponed. And the Sizzler, scheduled for Stafford, uh, has been postponed as well. That event was scheduled for April 24, 25 and 26 so those two races have been postponed that now puts us in a situation where the first three races uh, of the season have been postponed and if you look back at history i tweeted this last week uh, and haven't really seen anybody uh bring this up at all and i kind of figured this out through some statistics this is going to be the first time in the history of the modern era of the wheel modified tour and from what i can see the first time in NASCAR tour modified history, even outside of that modern era, that the tour schedule does not begin until at least May. I think that's a big, uh, you know, it's a big situation for us to be in. Yeah. Uh, a lot different than what we're used to, Tom, and definitely going to make it uh, a little bit different to not hit the track until May. And then most of these teams are not going to hit the track at all, not even a test session. Uh, never mind when they unload at Martinsville in May. Hopefully, that's going to be their first track time of 2020. Well, and imagine, and we've talked about this on our other race chaser shows too, on uh, on our national shows because obviously NASCAR National Series, all three of them are in the same situation the tour is in, where um, it's starting to look like the season could open at Martinsville, and I think at this point. That may be a little optimistic, but we have to go with it for now because that's what we're being told. Um, imagine starting your season at Martinsville under the lights in May. I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that. Um, that race, because you know that everybody's going to have a lot of pent-up 
energy and excitement about racing and it's the first you know big weekend of the year i can't think of a better place and i can only hope and pray that we can get all this under control enough so that you know it becomes possible to kick the season off there because you'd be looking at modifieds you'd be looking at trucks you'd be looking at cup cars um i mean my gosh this the 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 weekend at Martinsville would be absolutely electric if we did that, um, you know. And again, under the lights, that would be amazing, honestly. And I really hope um, that uh, that comes to pass because that would be uh, a great weekend. And yet, having said all that, I think the other thing that this creates is an interesting situation because Kyle. But nobody has run Martinsville in years in a modified. And I don't know, maybe one or two guys on the tour that have ever run Martinsville in a modified. And so we're opening on neutral ground and at one of the most historic modified tracks in the South. I mean, gosh, we can only pray that that happens because that out of all of this madness that we've been you know dealing with here and all the fear and all of the the negativity and all of that to be able to go back racing opening at martinsville as the first race of your season i i I just don't know how you could script it any better honestly yeah, I agree, um, and, and, it, and it, it opens up an interesting can of worms um, for for who's had experience at Martinville and who hasn't. Um, and there are some guys on here that have a lot of experience that may not run. Uh, some guys out here that have very little experience that may run. You know, a guy like Frank Fleming has run there uh, twenty one times, um, but he may not run. A guy right. like Wade Cole, who just recently passed away, unfortunately, had eleven starts. That's the type of generational driver that you expect to have. Uh, experience uh, in that generation, a guy that may have been in uh, Wade's generation. And again, if you didn't listen to our last episode, um, Wade passing away after an accident at home uh, just about a week ago. Uh, And a lot of the tracks obviously already winding up tributes, uh, seen a lot on social media, which is great to see as well. Um, But back to Martinsville, guys like Jimmy Blewett's got experience there. Bonsignor has only got one race on it. Kobe's got four races. Uh, Eric Goodale's got a couple. Matt Hirschman has a couple. Burt Myers has eight. Pitcat's got a few. Bobby Santos has got a few. A good chunk of drivers that have one to three races there okay. under their belt. So it's more than I thought. So it opens the door for some of these drivers to have some uh, anticipation going there and knowing what they might expect. But I personally think it's completely different than it was uh, the last time the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour was there uh, back in 2010. The setups have evolved. The race cars have evolved. The shock setup specifically has evolved. Go back to 2010. These cars were low to the ground. Now they're even lower to the ground. Um, And that's going to create a whole new dynamic. Uh, Just talking with car owners, crew chiefs, and drivers about how these cars are going to drive at Martinsville and what kind of to expect. Um, So you expect that, you know, hopefully that's the uh, opener of the season for the Wheel Modified Tour. Hopefully that's the return of the season um, for the NASCAR Cup Series, the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, uh, things like that. But I also do want to point out, Tom, before we move to um, when some of these races have tended to be been rescheduled for, that this also includes NASCAR Weekly Racing Series events. Uh, this includes up until the end of the day on May 3rd, so technically May 4th, uh, in this current guidance, you could run a NASCAR Weekly Racing Series sanctioned event. But that statement they put out and that order that they've put down includes all nascar sanctioned tracks cannot run a nascar sanctioned event now obviously in the digging i've done the discussions i've had look these tracks could necessarily run events um non-nascar sanctioned if they wish uh that's up to the discretion of the track even though they've signed the nascar sanction uh they could technically run an event on april 28th if they felt like it um and and run the same divisions just not put it for nascar points um do i saying we're going to see that probably not um, but there are some tracks that have discussed it, are some tracks that are looking at it, uh, and it is a real possibility in some parts of the country where COVID-19 may not be uh, as big of a factor as it is in other places. So that statement coming down, and basically, you know, to me, as the government would put forward an executive order, that's NASCAR's executive order uh, to these tracks, these divisions, uh, and their own series, that they're not going to get in the way uh, of this pandemic. They're going to take a break. 
and Tom, not only on this grassroots level with the modified tour, but also gives these local track guys a chance to get their cars prepared and wait a little bit longer, spend some more time with the family, get healthy if they're not healthy right now, and get those cars perfect as well before we get racing in the weekly series, For hopefully sure. at the beginning of May. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, I knew when I said truck series, I knew that wasn't right. And I went back to Martinsville's uh, schedule just to, to double check my own doubt of myself. And it is just modifieds and uh, the cup series that weekend. The truck race is actually Friday, October 30th. Halloween weekend at Martinsville is the truck series on Friday night, the Xfinity series on Halloween night on Saturday and the uh, Xfinity uh, 500 for the cup series um is uh, sunday november 1st so yeah the the modifieds and cup um uh, just just by themselves in may um but yeah that's uh, you know it's again none of us like the situation none of us we all want to go racing and i think you know we can we we do our best obviously with these shows to try and put the best face on it we can because well what else can you do you know none of you want to listen to kyle and i sit here and (laughs) complain or whatever um that's really not uh, the purpose of this so we're trying to just keep you informed of what's going on out there and what the drivers and teams are thinking and um you know and and be as optimistic as possible and so yeah this is really a i mean we've never We've just never dealt with this kind of a situation, Kyle. And I think when you really look at it and and you you see the the potential issues that may come up once we do reset, um, you know, you you you're going to be looking for every opportunity to squeeze. Uh, now for the tour, you've you've got three races, and I think if I remember correctly, Stafford announced the tentative rescheduled date for the sizzler right isn't that um is it late june do do i um i'm trying to remember that out of my head uh but i think they did announce a tentative date that they would be um rescheduling the sizzler yeah so let's take a look at that tom um with the races that have already been rescheduled yeah uh, when it pertains to the wheel modified tour so south boston has not yet announced the rescheduled date uh some sources telling me that that date's kind of fluid they've got some opportunities in the summer some opportunities towards the end of the season, uh, not an opportunity to reschedule South Boston at the beginning of the season if it starts in May, just strictly because everything else is already packed up in that time frame. Right. Um, let's look now at the Thompson Icebreaker. Their 46th annual icebreaker, obviously a prestigious event, uh, and one of those races that you know kicks off the season in New England. That's been rescheduled. Um, it was originally scheduled for April 3, 4, and 5, a three-day show. They've cut that down, condensed it. It's now a two-day show. May 15 and 16. So they're going to uh, run the tour race on the 16th, the Saturday. It's a Friday-Saturday show. A little bit different uh, than people are used to at Thompson for this style of an event. Uh, but the decision done that way specifically so they have an opportunity of a couple things. First, they could use Sunday as that rain day if right. they desperately need it and want to. Um, and second, since we're going to have five races in five weeks, it looks like, to open the season, it's going to give teams uh, to step back and leave the track on Saturday night instead of being stuck there until Sunday night and giving us day uh, to get their cars prepared for the next one. So May 15, 16, Thompson officials still planning to run uh, the tour race, their weekly racing series divisions, and some touring series divisions as they had originally planned. Obviously, touring series divisions outside of the modified tour could change uh, just strictly because of the way that the schedule falls for these other divisions that had something booked elsewhere. Um, to monitor there as we get to go forward uh, into the season. Now, you mentioned the Sizzler at Stafford. Yes, they have put together their own day for May 30 and 31. May, okay. Yeah. That weekend is actually going to be a three-day weekend uh, as it has been in the past for the Sizzler, but it's not going to be the traditional three-day weekend that we've seen with practice on Friday, qualifying Saturday, and racing Sunday. They've adjusted it a bit uh, to fit their local divisions. Stafford announcing that the original Pro late model 81 lap open race, which is basically a super late model and open competition show that they had planned for that Friday night originally, is still going to run. Um, so they're going to run racing on Friday night, not just practice. They're going to run the Pro late model 81 open show along with all five weekly divisions in qualifying and racing um, on that Friday night. Now, in the past, at some of these big events, they've done uh, the Sizzler like this and they haven't qualified the cars. If there's a big show on Friday night, they may not do that on Friday. They may just run features 
for their local divisions. This gotcha. does mean, though, that Saturday, Sunday is going to be the traditional sizzler, uh, as it has been in the past. The 200-lap tour race, the five weekly divisions, you know, the vintage outlaws, whoever else they've got included as touring series divisions in that weekend, which Tom opens an interesting can of worms there. The weekly divisions are going to run double features over the course of a weekend. That's what I was looking at, yeah. Yeah, so that's a welcome addition uh, to 2020 at Stafford and going to give these guys a chance to come out of the box strong either twice uh, in the same weekend or maybe struggle twice in the same weekend. <laughs> yeah, you, you hope that uh, it's the former, right? You want to have two good runs, but at least you know that if the first one doesn't go as you planned or as you hope, then you can uh, you got another chance, basically. And, you know, again, from a fan standpoint, that's awesome. And uh, now that my computer has come back up, uh, I've got it in front of me. Yeah, that's going to be a... A really big weekend, I think, at at Stafford uh, at the end of May. And again, hopefully, uh, all of this can happen. Right? You you uh, you would hate to get to that point and realize that okay, we're going to be into June before we can start racing again. But um, you know, May thirtieth and thirty first, that's going to be a big weekend with all of the local classes plus. Um, you know, the Pro Late Model Open and the Sizzler at Stafford. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and, and Stafford also uh, adjusting their schedule uh, because of this coronavirus pandemic going around uh, the United States. Obviously, Thompson running the icebreaker on May 15 and 16, a Friday-Saturday show. It does not suit Stafford well uh, to open their Friday season on the same day that the icebreaker is running. Right. Uh, so they've adjusted that as well, backing their opener up. They're going to open on Friday, May 22nd. Uh, for their NASCAR Weekly Series opener, and then we'll have the Sizzler weekend uh, coming up Friday, May 29th through uh, May 30 and 31 that weekend. Now, they're separating the Sizzler from that Friday night show strictly because they want to keep that Friday night show as it was originally planned. Um, But that whole weekend together, going to have three days, the 49th annual Sizzler, uh, you know, if you go by the technical terms, uh, scheduled for Saturday and Sunday. You can already buy tickets for that event uh, on their website, they're already uh, selling some tickets, adult, adult general admission at $40 uh, for the weekend. Uh, and they've got some track policies there. Stafford offers reserve seating uh, for their events. Okay. So you can uh, take a look at that as well. Now, those are the two events that have been rescheduled on the modified tour front for 2020. As I mentioned, Tom, things kind of fluid, as you mentioned as well. Uh, still waiting to see how that South Boston race fits into the schedule. And I can say... Uh, that I've learned through sources this morning uh, as we tape this episode that NASCAR held a conference call uh, this week with owners um, of the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour race teams, kind of briefed them on where they stood with things. Uh, And as of this time, there has been no change to any of the original uh, guidance that was given saying that the race events have been canceled through May 3, um, and now they're going to postpone them to a later date. So that obviously some reassuring news as well. Uh, for the car owners that NASCAR opening that door of communication uh, and checking in with them at this time. They have scheduled another call for the end of April, uh, which is going to put them just about a week and a half, two weeks before what would be Martinsville. Uh, So good to see that they're keeping that communication door open uh, going forward. Tom, I want to just switch gears to some other races that are planned uh, for 2020. And we're hitting the end of March here. Uh, We've got another week or so left in the month. We're going to open with April with obviously no racing. Uh, But as it looks right now, there are some events stacked up at the end of April, early May that have not been postponed slash canceled yet. Um, And the first of them being the inaugural Northeast Classic at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, As of this taping, that's scheduled for April 17th and 18th. They have not said that it's been postponed. In fact, Act and Pass coming out together uh, and saying that that event is going to go on as scheduled unless something changes. Right now, they're just waiting it out. They called it the wait-and-see game um, to just kind of see how things play out before they make a decision. You know, if you look at that weekend, Tom, a great opportunity to bring super late models, late models, and modifies uh, to the front of the field at New Hampshire, a track where some of them have very little experience. Some of them have a lot of experience, but as a young driver running on the American-Canadian Tour or Pro All-Star Series, think about the opportunity to run New Hampshire Motor Speedway uh, to open your season. Yeah, really. I mean, that's just, uh, again, that's one of those, you know, you've got to look at the, try to look at silver linings here because there, there really isn't much good happening right now, right? We're all just kind of hunkered down, and um, I'm sure that we feel to a degree like we're kind of 
you know, a slave to uh, the virus and everything that's going on. And, and But you got to find those silver linings or you drive yourself nuts. And that's another one of those opportunities. If, if you can open your season at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, good grief. I mean, how much better can it possibly get than that? So you kind of have... You have some things that can come out of this that could be really cool that, you know, are become even more, you know, bigger because of become bigger because of the the place they get put in. So Martinsville suddenly is the opener for the mod tour, you know, New Hampshire, the opener for these other series. I mean, you've just you've got an awful lot of, um, you know, potential here to to really have uh, some giant shows out of this that were going to be great shows to begin with, but are made even greater by the fact that they get put into, you know, the, the top billing. Now you might say at the beginning of a schedule rather than, you know, a few races into a schedule. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, and that's again, going to open the opportunity uh, to wait and see act and pass releasing a joint statement uh, about a week ago or so now saying that they've been monitoring the situation. Uh, they understand it's a very serious situation, not only in New Hampshire, but around the country uh, and the world. And they are going to kind of wait and see uh, how yeah. things go. They've also got an Oxford Pro All-Star Series event scheduled at the end of April uh, that right now they haven't changed as well. On the other front, outside of super late models and pro late models and modifieds, some weekly series tracks have their opener still planned uh, as of this moment, one of them being Claremont Speedway up in New Hampshire. Uh, the second to last weekend in April is when they plan on kicking off their season. They have not changed anything right now. Uh, April 25th, uh, with an opener with the Granite State Pro Stock Series, the NEMA Midgets, the Street Stocks, uh, and some of their local divisions. They have not changed that at this point. And then down more in southern uh, southern New England, uh, Seekonk's opener is scheduled for May 3rd. Uh, not officially been postponed yet, though the track releasing a statement saying uh, that they're aware of the situation, obviously. Uh, they're looking at the options. They're surveying the situation. And they do expect this to delay their season at least by a week or two. Uh, but they would have more information for the race fans once it became available. Uh, and, Tom, we started the show with Craig Lutz and the Wheel of Modified Tour. I want to end the show over the next little bit here talking about the Tri-Track Open Modified Series. Their opener uh, scheduled for May uh, the 2nd at the Claremont Speedway, uh, excuse me, the Monadnock Speedway up in New Hampshire. Uh, they'll go to Claremont for their second race on schedule. But Tri-Track on May 2nd at Monadnock still on as of now. And I mentioned Claremont, Monadnock. Uh, these two tracks, Tom, are NASCAR-sanctioned tracks. Um, and they have not uh, bowed down to the, uh, I guess you call it an executive order given by NASCAR, uh, to run not run NASCAR-sanctioned events. They have actually uh, told some reporters that, as of right now, everything is still on its schedule. Um, so they are planning to go forward. And the Tri-Track Series with their opener on May the 2nd. Uh, Tom, Tri-Track Series has been around a couple of years now. Yeah. Make it uh, feels like it's nearly a decade, even though it's a little bit less than that. Uh, and you've seen this tour kind of evolve as well. This, to me, a great tour for race fans to watch that don't want to watch the Modified Tour or want to watch another tour uh, that includes some similar drivers, very similar cars, and an opportunity for race fans to go to the track and watch a little bit different style of racing with 100-lap races, maybe one tire change per race, but sometimes they don't even allow that. This is a completely different style than the 150 and 200 lap modified tour races where you got to pit and put gas and tires on the car to make it to the end. Yeah, I feel like um, this series is almost the working man's version of the NASCAR wheel and modified tour, you know, in a sense, because again, um, the cost is a lot less because you're not traveling is far and, and there are a lot of things that you need to be competitive on that tour um you know and that nascar requires you to have that that you don't uh have to worry about with the tri-track series um so i feel like this is kind of the the saturday night version and i love it for that reason and you know i love the fact that there are a couple of tracks up there that are saying basically at this point we don't have any reason you know, nobody has, we're not there yet. In other words, you know, we're not to a point where we need to say our opener is canceled. If 
if they if we get to a couple of weeks out and you know we know that the situation is not going to allow us to to <laughs> excuse me to run the shows then we just won't run them um you know we'll back it up at that point but i like that there are a few tracks or a few sports entities here that are just saying look you know we're not saying it's not going to happen because right now we're just not to the point where we have to say that yet we all know the situation we all know that if we can't you know if we're not allowed by local or state um you know province or whatever to or command to have gatherings of more than x amount of people then we need to do something but you know we're a month away um, you know, a month and a half away in some cases, there's no reason for us to go announcing anything yet when we don't know where we're going to be at that point. Um, and, you know, so I think the Tri-Track series, again, um, in that situation at Monadnock, uh, you know, May 2nd is still a month and a week away. You know, it's about five weeks out and a lot can happen in the next five weeks. So there's time to still... Um, you know, make those decisions. And I'm happy to see that some of these tracks are taking that wait and see attitude instead of canceling so far out when in fact, because it's a lot easier to say it's still going and then have, you know, have the the country open up again and be everybody's planning on running the race than it is to say a month and a week away, gosh, we're canceled. You know, we're just going to cancel it and then have the country open up in three weeks. And oh man, now we want to race now everybody's scrambling so i think doing it the way they're doing it is wise and and uh i love the tri-track series uh, i just think um you know i think new england everybody in new england is very lucky in my opinion um the race fans up there are blessed because it is still that is to me that is the region in the country to be a race fan at um you've got multiple modified tours you got you know the the um You've got all of the late model, you know, pro stock kind of late model classes, um, you, you know, the the mod, SKA mods. Uh, I mean, it's just that is such a great region up there. And, and, and you know, I hope that uh, because a lot of this isn't until May forward, hopefully uh, we can start on time here for everybody's openers. And if we have to um, pause the New Hampshire show in the middle of April, which I would say that one right now is in much bigger jeopardy than necessarily the ones, you know, in the beginning or middle of May at this point. Yeah, right. And I agree. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's something that race teams are going to look at. Um, and you give the opportunity for race teams to get on the track. If everybody on the race team is healthy, they might take it. Uh, and I say that because this past weekend, Thompson Speedway, obviously in the middle of an executive order uh, from local officials saying they couldn't hold a gathering of more than 50 people. Right. Well, they, they did still hold the practice. Um, it was about 15, 16 cars that competed over two days uh, in two different sessions. They had about eight cars in each session. Uh, they were under that 50 gathering by a good chunk, uh, and they did get some cars on the track, yeah. including Chase Dowling, uh, who ran his modified tour car on the track, the only mod tour car to get on the track so far, based on what I know, um, in 2020. So back to the Tri-Track Series, their six-race schedule uh, for 2020 going to bring them to four different racetracks, a couple of different states. Uh, they open at Monadnock, as I mentioned, on May 2nd. They'll transfer across the state to Claremont on Memorial Day weekend uh, on May 24th, which is a Sunday. They've got their annual Open Wheel Wednesday at Seekonk on Wednesday, July 1, for $10,000. Their star uh, speedway at Bay New Hampshire track uh, on Saturday, July the 25th. Yep. And then they're back at Monadnock on August 15th and then back at Seacon to end their season and crown their six-race champion uh, with the Haunted 100 on October the 24th. This schedule spread across a good chunk of months, gives drivers a chance to work on their equipment in between uh, race races, uh, gives race drivers a chance to compete on some of the other modified tours, strictly because as of right now, it does not compete with any wheel modified tour event on the same day. Um, and it gives drivers like Ron Silk, who want to run both, who has committed to running both for 2020, a chance to do it. Sure. Uh, and this schedule, Tom, you know, obviously suiting more uh, drivers than it doesn't. Uh, and you've got names on this tour like Matt Hirschman, like Ronnie Williams, like Les Hinckley, like Andy Jankowiak, Russ Hersey, uh, Matt, Matt Swanson, a tour competitor, Sam Ramo, a tour competitor, Woody Pitcat, Richard Savory. Uh, a fame name up here in New England, and then you got guys like Silk 
And even SK guys that run at Stafford, like Matt Galco and Todd Patnode for this year, that can come and run the Tri-Track Series when they're not running at their local track or the tour is not running. Uh, and Wayne Darling and his crew, obviously putting that together. Uh, and I say his crew, I'm part of that crew um, for 2020 um, as the director of PR. So looking forward to seeing what the Tri-Track Series can do. Uh, and, and, you know, I mentioned all the different drivers. Obviously opens the door for different capabilities of drivers to run, some guys that are just starting out, some guys that have some experience, and some guys that have a lot of experience. But also, Tom, gives race fans a chance to look at a different style of qualifying that I think is really cool with Tri-Track. They run heat races instead of time trials like the Tour, and that actually, in my opinion, is more incentive for a race fan to want to go to the track. Well, you know, I, I agree. I, I agree 100%. I think that, again, it, I guess it depends. Some people enjoy the qualifying, and I enjoy it at certain times, but I love the heat races. I just think, you know, I grew up with that. And, again, I flash back to um, a Swigo Classic Weekend, the Modified 200, um, you know, that in the 70s and the 80s we get, 60 70 pushing 80 cars um for this event and you'd run heat races and you'd have you know four or five or six heat races and you know in some cases three or four concies i mean that was a lot of racing even before you got to the feature and you had to be good you there was no let's just sit back and and take it easy you needed to race in those heats. And, you know, it was um, those. I think that's a fun format and it lets people uh, lets the fans see more racing. Um, qualifying to me is a necessary evil. I, I don't mind if you have a big show during the year and you want to you want to qualify. Um, I never did care for group qualifying. Still don't. I think if you're going to qualify, put the put each car out there by themselves, give them two laps and be done. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just think, uh, I love, I, I love the format and, you know, I've never had the chance to see a tri-track race. And if it wasn't so doggone far from Charlotte to new England, um, <laughs> I would love to come up and go to a few of those, but it's, Again, I just like the uh, I like heat races. I just think it makes it more interesting for the fans. And you know, down here, it's like heat races are evil. Everybody said, "Well, we'd we'd be wrecking our cars before the feature." And it's like, "Well, what are you saying about yourselves as drivers?" You know, right. I mean, what the, what what kind of a statement does that make? It's yeah. like you know. So um, I just I've never uh, never understood uh, qualifying and starting straight up. I just to me that that's just silly. Um, especially if you're only running 50 or 75 laps, because chances are the guy on the pole is going to drive away and you're going to have train racing and it's just going to not be a great show. Um, so I love the heat races. I'm all for it. And I think, uh, again, a six race schedule is a nice, uh, concise schedule for the teams that are involved. Um, you've got drivers like Jake and Perry and some other drivers who, you know, would love to be running the wheel and tour, but they don't have the resources or the opportunity to do that. Um, so a nice six race schedule with a 10,000 to win race in, in the middle of that just fits that, um, series to a T. And I think it makes a, a nice, uh, way for a lot of these smaller teams, Saturday night teams, um, to be able to, to go and have a shot at glory and run competitive races. And it's, it, again, it's just great for the fans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's why the Tri-Tech series has grown to what it is today. Uh, and really, if you look at it up front, uh, six races is a good amount of uh, races for most race teams. They don't want to run a full 17, 18 races, at least at the local low-budget, yeah. I call it, area. Um, and it really gives you the opportunity to just sit back, go to the races, and enjoy it. Um, and that's what many of these competitors are going to do uh, in 2020 with the Tri-Track Series. Now, those six races still on as scheduled, as is pretty much everything else up here in New England. We've covered uh, what's been postponed slash canceled. Nothing really uh, been canceled except the Stafford uh, opener that was slated for May yeah. uh, on the first Friday in May. They've essentially canceled their first two Friday night programs and rescheduled some of the bigger races they were going to have. Yeah, which, again, I mean, I... I... I just think being responsible and using a little bit of, 
you know, common sense and, and logic when you're doing these things makes all the difference in the world. So like we talked about earlier, if your race isn't until May, you really, unless you're trying to sort of work with another track, uh, like Stafford with the icebreaker, for example, um, unless you're trying to do that, there's no reason right now to say, okay, the the opening show is canceled because it, it, it still looks like there's a possibility that by that point, you know, we could be functioning at least, you know, much more than we are right now. Um, so if everybody just sort of takes this a couple weeks at a time or a few weeks at a time, then, you know, it, it, uh, it doesn't cause such, you know, a log jam of shows that you're trying to get in. The one thing, obviously, with the local tracks is, of course, there are only so many weekends you can race. Um, you know, you can't go too far in New England into the fall. Um, you're certainly not. You don't want to be running races in December. So, you know, we that is the one sort of really hard part about a track versus a series. Um, you know, a series can be shortened. And it's sort of less um, financially, you know, impactual than if a local track has to, you know, if because uh, I've, I've promoted racetracks before and I, I promoted a Friday night track the year I promoted it. You know, we lost 11 out of 26 shows to rain. That's not a good. <laughs> it's not good uh, for the track. You can only run so many times during the year. So let's hope that with these local tracks that we can get going sooner rather than later. So they're not having to face the potential of actually shortening their season, because that's obviously the only way the track makes money is if, um, you know, they open the doors and, and run a race event and put fans in the seats. Right. And so. that's, what's going to make some of these tracks uh, kind of, you know, decide one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to do it here in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure two, three right. episodes from now, maybe three episodes from now, um, we're going to have a lot better idea of what's to come um, right. at these racetracks across the country, not only up here in New England with our with our show, but also uh, down south where you are, out in the Midwest, out in California. Right. Uh, so looking forward to that and looking forward to, to next week kind of breaking down uh, what else we've learned over the course of the week, right? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things to talk about as we had this week that we learned over the last week. Uh, next week, do the same thing, kind of evaluate where we are um, as a race community, and although it's mainly modifieds, and we've talked a lot about modifieds, I do want to dive a little bit into the super late model world uh, up here in New England sure. and talk about uh, some of the things that are going on, not only on a local level with some of the local tracks like Seekonk uh, that run pro stocks slash super late models on a weekly basis, but also what the American Canadian Tour rules package has done to the late models in New England. With a lot of these tracks running the same package uh, for a rules package that ACT runs, it's given drivers an opportunity to go to a bunch of different tracks with the same car, uh, which is something we've talked about we like to see. Yes. So I want to talk about that next week as well. And, again, talk about, you know, we'll try to get another driver on here for next week to talk about where they kind of sit. You heard Craig Lutz say, you know, it's disappointing to not be on the track. Believe me, it's disappointing for me. It's disappointing for you. It's disappointing for all of you that are listening to us. But, obviously, yep. uh, best case for everybody involved. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how some of these tracks change their opinions on, on race events. Do some of these tracks change their opinion on the way that they sanitize their facility? Uh, something that in the future we'll talk to some of these track operators about. Are they going to consider installing more hand sanitizer? Uh, and then this pandemic could take us much further than just the racing on the track. Uh, it could change the way that some of these tracks look at the way they operate their business, the way that we operate as race fans. Uh, and I think it's a learning experience for all of us. Uh, to figure out what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll look forward to uh, reconnecting in a week or so. This show obviously uh, intends to be a weekly Tuesday night premiere, if you will, or release. And so we look forward to next Tuesday. And as you said, a lot can happen in a week. And I, and I think you're right. I think, uh, I think the first uh, two to three weeks in April are going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen in terms of um, the early summer part of the season here so let's hope for some good news meanwhile uh look 
Everybody just stay hunkered down, stay safe, do what you're being told to do, and for goodness sake, don't hoard food, don't hoard groceries. It's not that kind of a situation. You just cause uh, everybody to have to react and uh, just just go get what you need for the week and then go back out the next week and get the, thing, the stuff you need for the next week. No reason to be going overboard here. Everybody help your neighbor and make sure that... Um, especially the you know the the elderly part of our population you know your grandparents or if your parents are older my mom's 84 and and uh you know as much as i'd love to go home and visit her right now i just won't do it um but we keep in touch by phone several times a week so again reach out around you and and uh and help as many people as possible through this everybody just stay calm before you know it We'll be back racing again, and uh, if if somebody is 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 a candle maker, please, please, please bring us invent. This is a great time to unveil a racing fuel scented candle. I'm telling you, it would sell like hotcakes. Uh, so with that for Kyle Souza, thanks for listening to this show. Uh, we appreciate um, all of our uh, our audiences growing a little bit every week, which is exactly what we were hoping for. We knew this would take a while to kind of catch on, and we haven't been able to get to the racetrack and, and um, promoted it all that way. So uh, if you all enjoy the show, do us a favor and share it to your wall so we get uh, more and more of the fan base that is that that knows about it and can enjoy it as well for kyle souza i'm tom baker thank you for listening to mainly modifieds we hope that all of you stay safe and we'll be back next tuesday so long you've been listening to mainly modifieds the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on the show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.